0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was December 27th at the Target store in Kennewick, Washington, that I had an epiphany. My family had gone to Kennewick to celebrate Christmas with my brother-in-law and his family. Now to be honest, having a root canal sounds a little more appealing to me than going to a mall anytime the week of Christmas, but I have an eight-year-old niece who is pretty persuasive. She's a bargain hunter and one of her favorite things to do is look at the dollar section of Target where there are things she can buy with her own money. So she grabbed her purse with her Christmas money in it, and we went off to find some treasures. But when we arrived, you know what we found? Valentine's Day. <laughs> On December 27th, in the morning, two days after Christmas, the entire dollar section of Target had been converted to hearts and cupids. I could almost hear the overhead announcer, Next! Moving on, at that moment I realized again how thankful I am to be part of a community, the church, that savors the story of the birth of Christ. We don't gulp it down and move to the next thing. The weeks of Advent and Christmas and Epiphany give us a chance to feast on this promise of Christ born for us, to ponder the miracle of the Word made flesh who dwells in us and among us. Today we hear another story from Jesus' birth, an epiphany story, the arrival of these mysterious visitors from the East. Who were they? No one really knows. For centuries they were thought to be Arabian nobles modern scholars suggest Babylonian philosophers or Persian priests. Apparently there was a cast of Zoroastrian priests at the time known for their scholarly study of the heavens. Who knew that? Whoever they were they were important enough to have been granted an audience with Herod. They were certainly not diplomats They didn't know that inquiring about a new king of the Jews would be considered an act of aggression by Herod. That was his title. Even so, it is Herod who tells the Magi where to look. His religious scholars tell him of a Jewish prophecy that a baby born in Bethlehem would grow up to shepherd his people like his ancestor David. So off the Magi went to Bethlehem, where they found Jesus and his family. They bowed to this new king, opened their treasure chests, and shared their gifts. We know this story so well that it's easy to forget just what a remarkable scene this is. Exalted Gentile foreigners paying homage to a Jewish peasant baby. I suppose this is what the gospel writers want us to see, that this is a remarkable birth. In Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and the redemptive work of God can be seen in the unlikely surprising people drawn to the story of his birth. Luke describes the shepherds, farmhands working the night shift on the outskirts of town, they are drawn to Christ by the angel's song and entrusted with the announcement of his birth. Matthew describes these magi outside the covenant, outside the parameters of God's salvation. They are drawn to the Christ child by a star. Somehow they are part of the plan. Even creation itself is drawn into this story. The star, the heavenly host, the animals who share their home, all gathered around Jesus, all part of the story. It's a remarkable scene. The writer of Ephesians understands this gathering in, this drawing in, to be the holy, redemptive work of God. We read from Ephesians after Christmas each year because it helps us interpret the story of Christmas to make meaning of it. The writer wrote, God has made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of God's will according to the purpose set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Do you hear the promise of these words? God's will, revealed in Christ, is to gather all, peasant and king, Jew and Gentile, heaven and earth, to gather all creation into God. I think we catch a glimpse of this in these birth stories In the strange and wonderful assortment of visitors who show up to welcome Jesus, we see the scope of God's redemption. We see that God's saving concern is far broader than we might imagine. To gather all things, to redeem all things, is a huge commitment on God's part and a very bold promise Yet it's not a naive promise. We see this in Matthew's story. No sooner do the wise men pack up their cargo and head home than Herod begins his bloody rampage, taking the lives of the most innocent in order to secure his power. Christ was born into a broken and sinful world where suspicion and division and hatred among people causes very real suffering. Not just the fear of suffering, but real suffering. Jesus and his family became refugees in Egypt in order to avoid an almost certain death. So many lives were disrupted and thrown into chaos and grief by this one power hungry king. We don't live in those same circumstances, but many in our world today do. Yet, even so, we know the power of sin to cause chaos and suffering, to rip at the fabric of God's good creation. We so long for peace and love and joy, yet as human beings we keep finding ourselves in the same old messes, turning down the same dark alleys, looking for treasure or security or worth where it cannot be found. We create our own misery, and just like in the past, those with the least power experience the most harm. God is not naive about our predicament, about all of the ways we hurt each other and ourselves. Which is why it is in the midst of the suffering that Christ is born. It is right in the middle of the mess that God comes to dwell with us and to gather us once again into divine redemption. In Christ, God's love pierces the darkness of our lives and shines a light that no darkness can overcome. No mistake, no regret, no failure is beyond the scope of God's redemption. By the grace of God, we have been drawn into this story we join this strange assortment of people gathered around the Christ child, and we trust that as he is born in us, we are reborn in him. We are given a new day, another chance, a renewed sense of identity and purpose and belonging. We do not have to wait for the events of Good Friday and Easter to see both the broad and the very personal nature of God's salvation. We see it right here in the story of Jesus' birth. And so we savor this story. We take time to reflect on its meaning and to rest in its promise. With the shepherds, we share the good news of Christ born for us. With the magi, we share our gifts. And with all the saints, we give thanks to God who is our light and our life. Thanks be to God. Amen.